Grab your Bibles and turn with me to uh, the book of Philippians, chapter number 4. Philippians, chapter number 4. How many of you, how many, great crowd today, by the way. Great, great crowd. Uh, You know, we have a cold spat and nobody shows up. And you get an hour extra and everybody shows up. (laughs) That's it. Every week from now on, they get an extra hour of sleep. Amen. You like that. All right. Jalen says he's got my boat. Amen. Uh, how many of you? How many of you uh, ever go through something really traumatic, uh, really difficult, really hard to deal with? You don't know how you're gonna make it, uh, and 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 I, I mean it's just you're at you're at your limit. You're at your max capacity. Uh, uh, you know, I, I seen a sign the other day said you're about to exceed. Uh, the, the, the limits to my medication. Amen. <laughs> How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Uh, uh, how many of you, when you go through that and you're at that point and then somebody tells you, don't worry. How many of you have, have, have wanted to turn instant MMA fighter at the moment? You know, you want to you want to do a throat punch or a you know, do a Brazilian jujitsu move on them and tell them no kidding. I'm sorry, I'm venting a little bit this morning. Uh, don't worry. And 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 if they if they ever get sure enough crazy, they'll they'll tag on the end of that with that song. Don't worry, be. Now you really want to kill them. <clears throat> Uh, am I, am I talking to anybody this morning? And so I want to, I want to just preface what we're, we're, we're looking at. Paul is fixing, I'm, I'm warning you ahead of time. I'm warning you ahead of time. Paul is fixing to tell us, don't worry, be happy. Don't worry. Now, before you get upset. Before you get upset and have the response that I, I, I have sometimes I want I feel, uh, you got to understand that we're not talking about somebody. We're not talking about somebody who has no problems. We're not talking about somebody who hasn't experienced difficulty, who hasn't experienced heartache, who hasn't experienced pain. We're not talking about somebody who has never lost anything. We're, we're talking about the Apostle Paul who was once powerful, who was once uh, very popular, who was probably most likely once very wealthy. He had the, he had the world by the tail and he, 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 he had it all. And according to the scriptures it says he gave it all up, every bit of it. He lost it all. He said, I count the loss of all things. This is a man who once was really royalty and now he's sitting in a prison. He's sitting in a Roman prison. The people in Philippi are not getting along. Who would have thought that? The church people can't get along. But there were people that was having problems getting along in the church of Philippi. So he had that on his mind. He had that going on and wanting the, the care of the churches. He's sitting in a prison waiting for his death. Hoping to get out. He really was hoping he could get out. But, but there was no promise of that, and we, everybody knows we know he got executed. And sitting in a, in a prison cell with really nothing to be joyful about, 
he says these words. So are we all together on, 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 on who's saying what and where he's saying it? Are we all together say amen? amen. Now in that, that situation, look what Paul is telling the people of Philippi. Verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, that means be happy. Let your moderation be known unto all men, the Lord is at hand. Be careful, the word careful means anxious, it means to worry. He said be careful for nothing. So in, in a matter of just a couple of verses, he says don't worry, be happy. He says don't worry about anything, nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, say that with me, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep, the word keep means to guard, to garrison, stand guard as soldiers would. The peace of God will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace, say that with me, and the God of peace. Now first we heard the peace of God, now we hear the God of peace shall be with you. It's one thing to have God's peace, and it's another to have Him. Amen? But I rejoice in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein ye were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. In other words, now he's fixing to thank the Philippians for sending him a love offering. They sent him a gift. They sent him some, some uh, uh, material needs there. He said, now I thank you for it. And I thank God for it. But, he said, I want you to understand, verse 11, not that I speak in respect of want. I hadn't been sitting here, I hadn't been sitting here fretting and worrying and, and desiring to have something. He said, that's not the way it was. He says, for I have, what's that word? Learned. And whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. I know both how to be a base, that means have nothing. And I know how to abound, that means have everything. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. <clears throat> how am I going to do this? Verse 13, let's all read it together. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Let's read it again. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessings, your mercy, your kindness. Help us today. Help us today. Help us to, to totally, completely, wholeheartedly, 100% put our trust and faith and confidence in you. I pray your perfect will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Uh... You can call this don't worry, be happy, or you can call this peace and contentment, or don't call it anything. Uh, we're living in a terrible world. How many of y'all figured that out? We're living in a terrible world in terrible times. Uh, God, he, he told us, he told us all, if we was listening, we, we, we would get this. 
that perilous times shall come. Dangerous times, difficult times, hard times. Perilous times shall come. The last days, it's just going to, it's going to get worse and worse. It's not going to get better and better. And, and, and I, I'm not telling you this to, to, to wig you out. I'm not telling you this to bring you down. I, I, I'm just being real with you. This is the world we're living in. You know, we can complain about what's going on. We can complain about the sexualized culture we live in or the, the wickedness that's in the culture we live in. We can sit around and, and whine about it and complain about it. But guess what? It's not going to get any better. It's not. It's not going to get any better. It's not going to get any better whatsoever. But we, we need to understand that we don't need to be sitting around chewing our fingernails to the quick, worrying about what's going on. Why? Because God told you not to. He said, be careful for nothing. Don't worry about anything. Say it with me. Don't worry about anything. Say it again. Don't worry about anything. Anything. I need you to say it like you really believe the Bible. Don't Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Paul is staying here. Listen, you say, how am I supposed to rejoice? You don't know what's going on in my life. You don't know what I'm going through right now. You don't know the phone call I've got. You don't know what I'm experiencing right now. Listen, Paul is sitting in prison. If he was to look around, he would not say, I'm rejoicing in my atmosphere. I'm rejoicing in my circumstances. If he was to look at his future, it didn't look real bright. He's going to be executed. Can't rejoice in that. Uh, uh, listen, the people in the church ain't getting along. He can't rejoice in that. There's people that's lying about him and criticizing him. His critics are all around. He can't rejoice in that. So he said, I tell you what, there's nothing really on earth I can rejoice in. So I'm just going to rejoice in the Lord. Because no matter what, no matter what your circumstances are, he's still God. And he's still right. And he's still on the throne. And oh, say amen. Now, now, I'm with you. I promise you. I am with you. I, 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 I said, Lord, I, I, I probably worry worse than anybody in the building. How can I go in there and tell them not to worry? I'm supposed to practice what I preach. And it's hard sometimes. I've just caught myself sitting there like this and then realized, what am I doing that for? I'm not my, my teeth gritting and all tensed up and, I, and then I'm trying to figure out what is it that I'm... Just because you're in such a habit of being that way. So what do we do? How, 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 do, how can we be like Paul? How can we be like Paul and sit in a place that I, I'm telling you, I, I, I don't want to be in prison. I don't want rats running over my feet. I don't want to be in a dank, dark cell. I don't want everybody talking about me. I don't want people in the church not to be able to get along. I don't want all that stuff. But I do want to be able to be like him and rejoice in the middle of it. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Three areas I want to show you. And, and really, I want to just give you the first two and go quick with them. Because I've covered them before in here. But God showed me something a little different in the third one. So there's parts of our life we need to really examine. And we need to really talk about. Number one, number one, if we're going to have the ability to, 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 to turn that switch off. If we're going to have the ability not to worry. And by the way, let me just lay this out. Let me just lay this out. What is worry? What is worry? Uh, the word, listen, worry is basic. It's a basic, it's a basic principle. It is showing a lack of trust in three things. God's wisdom, God's power, 
and God's will. When we worry, we're not trusting that God knows everything. When we worry, we're not trusting that God can do anything. Y'all with me? And then when we worry, we're not trusting in his perfect will. Do you realize that no circumstance you ever go through in your life has not been filtered through the will of God? That if you're going through it, he allowed it? Man, it's quiet as a church mouse in here. Every single thing you face in life, if you are facing it, God allowed it. I don't know why I'm going through this. Now, you may have that because Job had that. Job stood and said, I don't know why this is going on. I don't know because he was a righteous man. He eschewed evil. He was a great man. God was even bragging on him. And he was in a place, I don't know why I'm going through what I'm going through. But there was one thing he did know. He said, I know my Redeemer lives and shall stand in the latter day on this earth and though the skin worms destroy this body and mind, yet in my flesh I shall see God. So I, I got to look at that. And I'm telling you, I, I'm, I'm preaching to me. Maybe y'all are just going to get what's in the saucer. I, 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 God is helping me. Because I'm telling you, I struggle with this. I've been a worry wart my whole life. My whole life. I'm telling you, from the beginning, from the time I got my first whooping for a bad report card, from then on, I'm a worrier. Say amen. <laughs> so I'm, I'm preaching to me. Y'all are just here for it, all right? What does he say? What does he say? He says, first rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. He says it twice just to make emphasis there. He says, be happy, man. Rejoice. And not in your circumstances, but in the Lord. But then he says this, be careful for nothing. Don't worry. Man, man, I wish it was, it was that easy. I wish we had the easy button on the desk. Say amen. How many of y'all are with me on that? Now, here's what he says about it. Here's what he says about worry. Be careful for nothing, but in everything. Say it with me. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds. What does that mean? He's going to stand guard over your heart. He's going to stand guard over your mind and give you peace that you don't even understand. When you do what? Number one, we need to really talk about our prayer life. We need to talk about our prayer life. Now, I know there's some of us, I know there's some of us that we say we pray about stuff and we lying. Sitting at home, thinking about it, is not praying about it. And OMG is not praying either. If you don't know what that means, ask Jalen after service. Say amen. He'll explain it. Just, just, just calling out and just that. No, no, no. Let's, let's break that down. What did he say? He said, in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your... All right, write this down underneath your prayer life. Write this down underneath your prayer life. If we're going to have an effective prayer life that helps us defeat worry in our life, we have to be specific. Write that down. A, we must be specific in everything. We pray about everything. Pray about everything. 
everything, every issue, every situation. Learn to pray about every problem. Learn to pray about every issue. Learn to take things to God, casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and He shall sustain thee. Don't carry it yourself. Be specific. Be specific. Here's what we do. I, I had... I had Brother Johnny in my office early. We was praying over this to get ready to come out here. And, and I said, Johnny, there's a difference, there's a difference in, in, in praying and being specific. He said, I, I said, look here. If I say, Johnny, meet my need. And then what you see the difference between that and this. Johnny, I need a cup of coffee. Do you see the difference? There's a big difference. God wants you to be specific. God wants you to bring your burdens. God wants you to bring your needs and be specific in it. Don't say, God, save the law. Say, God, save Uncle Henry. Don't say, God, meet my needs. Say, God, I've got an appointment this week and that bank can help me. Oh, God, help me. Specific. Be specific. Not only specific, but write this down. Be thankful. <clears throat> be thankful in your prayers. It says, by prayer and supplication with, come on everybody, with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. You know what's going to happen? Here's what we do. We sit around and we think about what we don't have. We sit around and we think about what we're missing. And what he's saying here is when you go to God for something that you need, you better throw some thanksgiving in it. You need to make a list of all the things he's already done. If you need something for tomorrow, you better thank God for yesterday. You need to remember the things he's already provided. You need to remember the things he's already done. You need to remember the miracles he's already... Why? Because that gives you confidence in your prayer. Because if he did it yesterday, he can do it today. And bless God, he'll do it tomorrow. And there's so many times we go to God and say, gimme, 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 gimme. And God blesses us in an incredible way. And there's some reason we forget about it. And we should thank him as many times as we ask for. We should thank him that many times. And in our prayer life, be specific. Not only be specific, be thankful. He says, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known. Let your request be made known. Say this with me. Be vocal. Be vocal. Say it again. Be vocal. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just praying. No, you're just standing there not saying nothing. Be vocal. Say it. Say it out loud. Say it out loud. Let your request be made known unto God. I know God can hear our thoughts. I know God can hear our thoughts, but he wants to hear your voice. He wants you to cry out to him. He wants you to call. He says, call unto me, and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things thou knowest not. Call on him. Ask him. Go to God and beg God and say, God, help me in this situation. And I, I, I don't have this in the notes, but you ought to write this down. Be honest. Some of the greatest prayers that I've ever prayed, that I know God, he personally answered, I was desperate. And I was crying out to him. I, 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 remember, I remember two different specific situations where one was when we were, when I first come to church and nothing was happening. And matter of fact, we started with about 
you know, you know, 40 or 50, with my great church building skills, we got down to 20 real quick. And I was praying, God, help. Now, you got to understand, this is coming from South Carolina where it was blowing and going, and I mean, people was getting saved. It was unbelievable. And, man, I was frustrated. And I was going down in the road in my car, and I said, God, would you just save somebody? Anybody? You say, well, that's disrespectful. No, that's just honest. Too many of us are so used to playing games, we're so used to wearing masks, we're so used to being fake that God don't even know who you are. Take that mask off. Show who you really are. Listen, come to God and be honest. He knows it anyway. God, I have a need. I'm broken. I'm hurting. And that night, that night, God saved two people. That Wednesday night, God saved another one. That Sunday, it started a revival and people started to get, you know what I had to do? Just get honest. (laughs) I, I hate to say this. But y'all, I'm a family, so I'm gonna have to tell you. <clears throat> One day I, I was at a camp meeting, <clears throat> and there was like three or four of my mentors at this camp meeting all at one time. And another dude that was really smart that kind of intimidated me. He wasn't really a mentor, but he was like a, you know, I don't want to call a big name preacher, but he was, you know, everybody knew who he was. And he's just, I mean, really, really smart and intelligent. Probably never wore camouflage in his life. <clears throat> Y'all with me? I mean, I, I didn't get around. I, I, you're not going to have a conversation about coon dogs around them. Are y'all with me? It just ain't going to happen. I mean, I'm intimidated. I'm, I mean, really bad, just nervous and, and, and scared about prayer. And, man, I remember sitting in a single wide trailer before I went over that meeting, and this is what I said. I said, God, I know this is carnal, and I know this probably has something to do with my pride, but, oh, God, help me preach. God, I don't want I want to help me preach. Lord, help me preach. I, I'm going to be in front of them. I don't want to disappoint my mentors. And man, this guy, tell, help me preach. And then I tell you what, you'd have thought I was a world-renowned evangelist. It was unbelievable. <laughs> the guy, the guy, God is my witness. I'm not making this up. My hand on my Bible. I'm telling you, this is exactly what happened. I'm in the middle of this message right toward the end. And, and, and the guy that was intimidating me, that was so smart, and he, he said, Wow! This is what he said. I've never seen that before. In the middle of the message, out loud in front of everybody. (laughs) I've I've preached that message. I've preached that message I don't know how many times. But never like that. You know why? Because I just went to God and got honest. I said, God, help me. I need your help. Please help me. You know, if we would just spend as, as much energy as we do in our worrying, as we do in our praying, things would change, people. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. Number two. Number two. Write this down. I've got to hurry. Hurry, 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 hurry. We've got to do something about our prayer life, number one. If we're going to defeat worry, we've got to do something about our prayer life. We've got to really pray. I mean, actually pray. Actually get on our knees and spend time with God and talk to God and be specific with God and be honest with God and be thankful for what he's already done. But then number two, we need to talk about our thought life. We need to not only talk about our prayer life, but we need to talk about our thought life. He said, look at the the next few verses. Look at the next few verses. Look what he says. 
He says, finally, brethren, verse 8, whatsoever things are true. Say it with me. Whatsoever things are. 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 Whatsoever things are of good. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, what's he say? Think on these things. You mean, let me tell you why, why we're, we're getting beat up with worry and we're, gonna have, we're going to take pills. There are more people on anxiety pills now than any time in history. More people are living in fear and torment and depression than any time in history. You know why? Their brain is going 100 miles an hour. You know what he says? Think on these things. Here's two things I want you to write down. Two things I want you to write down. In your thought life, A, we have to be disciplined. We have to be disciplined. And I know what you're thinking. I can't control my thought life. That's a lie. That's what the devil wants you to believe. That's a lie. Say it with me. That's a lie. lie. You say, how do you know that's a lie? Because the Bible says the thought of foolishness is sin. If sin was impossible, it wouldn't be wrong. And he wouldn't tell you to do it. If you could not control your thoughts, he wouldn't tell you to do it. So how do you know? Look what it says. 2 Corinthians 10, 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. Watch this, watch this. Read this line with me. Read this line with me. And bringing into... That means catch it. Say it. Say it. Catch it. Catch every what? Catch every. And and listen, bring it into the what? Obedience of. Listen, thoughts are going to come. But you got to. Come on, people. You got to. You got to catch it. You got to be disciplined. You got to be disciplined. Say, well, preacher, I can't control my thought. When that thought goes, oh, hey, hey, hey. You're not going there. The old preacher that, you know, men, men talking about, well, you know, and uh, uh, you, you can't control your thoughts. And, you know, uh, uh, Jesus said, when you think upon a woman to lust after her, you've committed adultery already in your heart. This pretty lady walks by. Listen, that's not the crime. It's when you start thinking about it. The old preacher said it best. There's no crime for a bird to land on your head, but it is for it to build a nest. The devil can throw a thought, but you can catch it. You can be disciplined. You can stop it right there. Negative thoughts, wrong thoughts, impure thoughts. What did he say? He said, whatsoever things are true. Half the stuff we worry about are imaginary or never even take place. That's a scientific fact. That's why I said, don't focus on what might be. Listen, don't think about that. Be disciplined. Some of you, that means you're going to have to turn off Facebook. God forbid. You're going to have to turn off the news. You're going to have to quit reading those books or magazines that's putting thoughts in your head, causing negativity to come into your life. Some of y'all are going to have to quit hanging around certain people. Some of y'all, the people you're hanging with is the worst influence on you, and the reason you're so down and depressed is the words you're listening from other people. 
Bless me. Yes, bless me, Lord. I need this, and y'all do too. Some of the greatest sources of negativity in your life is coming from other people. What do I do? Discipline. You either got to do this. Uh, 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 shut up. You can tell them the preacher said that. Uh, I'm sorry, but preacher told me to tell you, shut up. <clears throat> and if that don't work, tell them what the preacher said the next thing. Or go away. It's your choice. Shut up or go away. If you're going to be speaking negativity in my life, if you're going to be speaking impurity in my life, if you're going to be a gossip in my life, I don't need that. I got enough issues to deal with. I need to be disciplined in my life. I need to turn off stuff in my life. I need to get stuff out of my life. I'm going to be disciplined in my thought life. Well, they're not going to like that. Well, stay, stay depressed then. Don't whine about being depressed and get mad when I give you the answer. Right? Listen, be disciplined in your thought life. Not only be disciplined, but be focused. Focused. Now, I can, I can see everybody. I can see everybody, Nicky Joe, but I'm focused on you, you handsome devil. I, I'm focused on you. There's a lot of distractions in my life, but I can see you clearly. But you know, if I try to see y'all, I don't see anybody. And you know what happens? We're going through life and we're, our, our peripheral vision is so, it, we're, we're, we're focused on our issues and our problems and the negativity and the world and, the, it, and, and God wants you to be focused on him. He said, think on these things. Think on true things. Think on pure things. Think on good reports. Are y'all with me? You'll never win the battle of worry until you learn to, to discipline and focus your thought life. And you can. Say, say this with me. My eyes and my ears go directly to my brain. Be careful what you put in both of them. You want to start thinking more positive? Start listening to more positive things. You want, you want to start feeling more positive? Then start looking at more positive things. Holy things. Godly things. Y'all with me? Your thought life. You see, our, 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 our battle with worry is greatly determined by our prayer life or lack thereof. It's greatly determined by our thought life, what we allow in and what we focus on and what we contemplate on. Now, guys, I, I, I'm not getting on to nobody. I, I, I'm telling you, I, I, I'm speaking from experience. I'm the worst in the world to sit in a recliner. I, there's, I can't tell you how many times my wife's come in the bedroom. I've been laying in bed, staring at the ceiling, thinking about everything. And she knows it. She don't even ask what's wrong anymore. She knows what the deal is. So I understand what it means to kind of be overwhelmed by this and just sit and think about these things. But you've got to make up your mind, I'm not going to do that anymore. When, when negative things come, I'm going I'm to capture it and I'm going to replace it with something positive. 
When the devil tries to bring a lie, and that's what he is, he's a liar and he's the father of all lies, and he's going to bring you down with lies, you just go back to the truth and say, wait a minute, devil. Shut up. Go away. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Too many of you aren't resisting with him. You're patronizing him. You're snuggling up to him. Because some of us, we, we, we've just been doing this so long, we, we, we worry when we don't have nothing to worry about. Right? Come on, guys, get with me. Because it almost, it almost, well, anyway. Number three. This is really the message. That's the intro. <clears throat> really, it is. I ain't kidding. This is, this is what God showed me. I wish I had my chalkboard out here so I could write on it. Because I, I, Anyway. After he gets through t- saying you need, to, you need to focus on your prayer life and your thought life. and He, he brings up something and, he, and, he, and he, really, he really gives the key. He really gives the key ingredient that makes it, this, this is what makes it. You know, there's some, there's some uh, recipes that there's a key ingredient that makes it. You know, there's, a, there's just something that they put in there. When they put that in there, boom, it makes it. If you leave it out, nothing works. It don't taste right. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Say amen. And there's something he brings up and he talks about, and I said, Wow. Wow. He, he turns to thank them for an offering they sent. He's sitting in prison. The church of Philippi sent him a blessing, sent him a love offering to help support him. And he's thanking them for it. He says, man, I, I, I'm, I'm really grateful. I'm really grateful. He said, not that I'm speaking of want. In other words, he said, I'm not sitting in this prison cell just hoping that somebody would send me something. I'm not, I'm not sitting here worried about what I don't have. Watch what he says. Watch what he says. Verse number 13, or verse 11. Verse 11. Are you there? Say amen. amen. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have, what's that word? Learned. I have. Now we got to understand, this is at the end of Paul's life. This is the end of the years of his ministry. This is the end, the, the, the end of his ministry, the end of his time. He says, I have learned in whatever state I am. Now think about that. Whatever condition you happen to find me in, no matter what it is, good, bad, ugly, indifferent, no matter where you find me, going good, going bad, beating, shipwrecked, Beat, beaten several times with rods, stoned and left for dead, in perils of countrymen, in perils of sword. All of these issues you find Paul. He said, but whatever you find me in, therewith, what? In the state he finds himself, therewith to be, help me. Come on, everybody. Say it again. Say it again. Woo, that's the ingredient. I went, I went to a German restaurant when I was in Bible college. <clears throat> in Bible college, you're, 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 you're rationing. You, you, you broke. Say amen. 
And at that time, I had not really expanded my horizons. I was like, I'm the type of person, I'm the type of, I'll, I'll be, first time somebody took me to Carabas, I, I got a meal at Carabas, and that's been about uh, 17 years ago. I've never one time gotten anything different when I went there. <clears throat> not one single time. And, and Tammy, she'll try this and she'll try that. And I warned her, now you try that stuff, but you ain't getting none of mine. Because <laughs> see, I'm afraid to try that other stuff because it, you, you don't go to Carabas every day. Are y'all with me? And if I try something else and I don't like it, I missed out on my chance to get my favorite. So that's me. That's the type of person I am. I, 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 I know what I want. I'm focused on it. I go in, I kill it, and drag it home. Say amen. <laughs> and all this shopping junk. Go to, go to Waffle House. I know what I'm getting. I know what I'm getting before I get there. Before I even think about going, I know what I'm going to get there. And I know how to order it and get it here quick. Say amen. <laughs> that's me. That's the type I am. And we, he, these guys kept saying, let's go to this German restaurant. Let's go to Germany. I never had German before in my life. And I said, I don't know about that. I know what I'm, I, I got this amount. I know what I can get at McDonald's with this. <laughs> no, no, they talked me into it. And we go in there <clears throat> and we order. Now, I'm not against German food. I've had it since and it was great. But then I had more money in my pocket just in case. <clears throat> But in this particular place, I went in there and I ordered and it took everything I had. And there wasn't near enough of it. Say amen. So we're through with the meal. I've done everything but lick the porcelain off the plate. <clears throat> and I'm starving. And the problem is now I'm broke. <clears throat> and them guys talked me into it. So now I'm starving, I'm broke, and I'm mad at them. <clears throat> And all I can think about is when I'm going to get to eat again. <laughs> because when I left, I was not content. You know what content means? You don't want nothing else. That's why it says godliness with contentment is great gain. You know how, you, you know how to be a very wealthy person? Do you know anybody in this church can be very wealthy no matter what your income level is? Oh, I tell you what. No, 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 no. It's not by making more money. It's by being content. You can be a very wealthy person because, listen, wealth is, is, is really, you know, it's, it's all based on what you don't want. Here's my point. Uh, 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 Ted Turner. Ted Turner, he, he spoke at a college, and this is what he said. He said, I have $10 billion. But at the time, Bill Gates had $100 billion. This is what he said in a, college, in a college speech. He says, I feel like a total failure. Because I only got $10 billion, he's got $100 billion. See? He's not. But you know what? Here's a story. This old boy sitting on the, on the creek bank. Got him a little cane pole out there. He's kicked back. His hat's laid down on his, in his, on, on, on his uh, forehead there. and Got a piece of straw sticking out of his mouth. 
And this businessman comes by. Say, catching anything? And he just doesn't say a word. He just pulls up a string and, man, a bunch of fish. Businessman says, man, look at that. That is great. He said, man, you need, you need to put two poles out. He said, why would I want to do that? He said, then you can catch twice as many fish. He says, why would I want to do that? He says, then you can sell them and get two more poles. He said, why would I want to do that? He said, because then you could catch four times the amount of fish, sell them, and buy a boat. He said, why would I want to do that? He says, then you can, listen, you can catch even that many more and sell them and buy a fleet of boats. He said, why would I want to do that? He said, then you could be rich and do whatever you wanted to do. You know what he said? I already was. (laughs) You know what that old boy on the creek bank knew? Contentment. You know why we worry? We're not content. You know why we fret over bills and this and that? We're not content. Let me me show you. Let me show you. The Bible says in James chapter 4, from whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your lust, that war in your members, that thing inside of you makes you want more and want this and want that. You lust and have not. You kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight in war, yet you have not because you ask. Now, uh-oh, they're going in our prayer line. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you might consume it upon your lust. You know, that's a, that's a, that's a pretty heavy statement. He said, when you do ask, you do ask, you're asking outside of the will of God because of something you want, not that God wants for you. There's people in this room right now that's mad at God right now because God didn't do what he asked them to do or she asked them to do. And they're mad at God because God didn't do it that way. They never once stopped and said, God, what is your will? What do you want for my life? And so God knows best. God knows what's the best thing for you in your life. And he will only allow the best in your life. And you get mad because you asked for this. And God said, that's not the best. Ain't that something? He said, when you do ask, you ask a miss. You miss, totally miss the will of God. And it's all about your desires on the inside. Wanting what you want. And I want it now. Because you're not, say it. Write this down. Write this down. I got four minutes. I can give it to you right here. Write this down. Here's why I need my chalkboard. This, this stood out to me so big in these verses. Watch what he says. He says, not that I respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. For I know, I know, that's knowledge, I know both how to be abased. That means have nothing. That means have nothing. And I know how to abound. That, that means have everything. Have more than enough. Have everything. He said, I know how to do both. Everywhere and in all things, I am, what's that word? Instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Watch. I want you to put this. I want you to say this with me. My life, everybody say it up in the balcony. I want to hear you. Now, all together, say it. My life is a school. school. Say it with me. My life is a school. 
See, if we're going to defeat worry, we got to look at our prayer life, we got to look at our thought life, and we got to look at our real life. How many of y'all know it's easy to look spiritual in here? It's easy. But when you walk out them doors, you go into what? Real life. Now, when they're up here singing these songs, I get the, I get the warm fuzzies. And they talk about paying the bills and God shows up when the bills are due and all that. And I get the warm fuzzies. Because I know that's true. But they ain't singing when I go to my mailbox. Do I have a witness? Some of y'all got what I just said. Jalen ain't standing beside me serenading me when that doctor comes in the room. Y'all with me? You're in the real life. You know what what Paul teaches us about real life? Watch what he says. This is so good. He says, it's a school. It's a school. My real life is a school. So so here's what I would put on my my chalkboard. I put over here, life equals what? It's a school. Now, can y'all see that? He said, everywhere, in all things, I am instructed. In other words, everywhere I go, everything that happens to me, I am instructed. Where do you get instructed at? School, right? Does this make sense? Now watch, my life is a school. My life is a school. Everything you go through, you're in school, all right? Look at B, write this down. Today, all right. Experiences experiences he said everywhere in all things what are all things experiences of life ups downs bad things sad things happy things tragedies triumphs y'all with me your kids going crazy your kids acting like somebody your kids doing well in school your kids getting kicked out of school everything you experience in life Every traumatic thing that you deal with, every jubilant rejoicing thing, every victory in your life, every failure, every defeat, every experience, they're your teachers. Life is the school. The things you experience in life are your teachers. What did Paul say? In everywhere, that's life, in all things, that's your experiences, I am instructed. Say it with me. I am, what is he saying? The experiences I go through teach me. Everything I've gone through. Let, let, me, let me read it. Let me read. Hurry, hurry. I'm telling you this is going to make sense. Watch this. 2 Corinthians eleven twenty six. 26. In journeyings often. In perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of heathen, in perils of the city, in perils of the wilderness, in perils of the sea, in perils among false brethren. He said, I've been in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. There's a verse that says, I was beaten with rods, I went through shipwreck, I was stoned and left for dead. All of these, I have stripes all over my body. And you know what he's saying? They were just my teachers. Every experience I went through in life, 
Now, I'm not going to stand here and try to be uber spiritual because I'm struggling with this and I'm trying to learn this and I'm trying to apply this to my life. And I know there are people in this room right now that have gone through, are going through, or will face some very, very traumatic things in your life. But you need to understand they can be a teacher. How traumatic would it be for people to start throwing rocks at you and you lose consciousness and actually die? Some believe that's when he went to the third heaven and God brought him back and resurrected him. That's traumatic. For everybody to turn their back upon you, to sit in a prison, to wait for somebody to take your head off, nobody getting along, and everybody abandoning you and everybody talking about you. That's traumatic. He said, all those things, they were just my teachers. They were my teachers. My life is a school. The experiences I've gone through are my teachers. Third, thirdly, watch this, write this down. Contentment is my education. What did he say he learned in all of those things? I learned to be, come on everybody, I learned to be. He said if I had everything, I'm good. Because there were times I had nothing. And I learned I'm still good. It's still okay. I'm still going to make it. When all hell has broke loose in my life, I learned and I realized. And through that experience, it taught me that he is still on the throne. He still knows what he's doing. He'll still bring me through. I learned that I'm going to be okay. I've learned that I'm a child of God. I've learned that nothing I'll ever go through in life has been filtered through the fingers of God. And if God allowed it, He's got a plan for it. He's got a purpose for it. Even if my brothers meant it for evil, God meant it for good. Romans 8, 28, for all things work together. Listen, we only want to talk about the good things and the happy things and the great things, but God said all things work together. The traumatic things, the difficult things, the hard things, the things that make you cry, the things that make you weep, the things that break your heart, God will take them into His wonderful hand and mold it to your good and bring a blessing in your life through it. I got one more. And I'm running out of time. Help, one more. Number one, what do we say? Life is a... Come on, everybody. Get with me in the balcony. Life is a... Life is a school. Experiences are my... My teachers. Contentment is my... That's what I get from it. That's what I learned. I learned to be content. Now watch. Watch, 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 watch. You're not watching. You're looking down. Watch. Where where do I find contentment? He says in the very next verse, I can do all things through. I'm I'm, going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. Some of y'all going to get mad. Some of y'all ain't going to like it. Some of y'all going to learn something right here. We see Christ as the source. Not the stuff that he lost. 
Some of y'all are dependent on your stuff to make you content. But guess what? How many of y'all know your stuff can be taken away in the moment in the twinkling of an eye? Your popularity. It's amazing. Our, our, our quarterback, our quarterback, uh, 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 Franks, he threw a long bomb in the Tennessee game, and they carried him around on his shoulders. He was a king for a week. A week. His professors were bragging on him. He was all that kind of stuff. Things change. I'm somebody's hero today. Tomorrow you'll be the zero. Isn't it amazing that when 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 the people when the people that, that Paul was in the shipwreck and he started building a fire on the shore to help warm everybody that, that a viper came out in the fire and bit him. And you know what they were saying? Sinner! Sinner! You're a sinner! There's no doubt you're a sinner because you escaped it, but God's going to make sure and punish you. A snake's going to bite you. You're a sinner! And you know what Paul did? He shook it off. Didn't even swell up. Didn't even swell up. The same people. You're a God! You're a God! Oh, you're a God! Oh, God! Let me tell you something. People will turn on you. You may be their favorite today, but tomorrow's coming. Same people that said Hosanna to the king as Jesus is coming in on that colt are the same people who cried, crucify him, crucify him. So if you think you're going to get contentment from people and from relationships and from all these things, Paul said, I learned my contentment. Being content is what's going to help me face worry and deal with worry. But my contentment is going to come through Christ. Now, this is the thought. This is the thought and I'm going to give you. And this is, this is it, guys. This is, where, this is where the rubber meets the road. This is what it all boils down to. And this is why you're having problems. There was a day in Paul's life when he made everything about Christ. What did he say? To live is Christ, to die is gain. He said, if I live my life on earth, I'm going to live it for Christ. I'm going to make my focus about Christ. I'm going to make my affection about Christ, my desires and my dreams all about Christ. And the reason some of you right now are having to go to psychiatrists and having to pop pills and having to do all this other stuff, listen, it is because you've made your life about you. And when you make your life about yourself, you're going to be very disappointed because life is tough. And you're going to find that you will never be able to satisfy yourself. Do you know what the proverb says? Man's eyes are never full. If you have a race car, you want it to be faster. If, if you play golf, you want to, you want to, if, you're, if you're in the 80s, you want to be in the 70s. If you're in the 70s, you want to be in the 60s. If you've got a coon dog, you want a little faster, a little louder, a little prettier. Somebody say amen. It's never enough. It's never enough. It's never enough. It's never enough. 
But when you stop and you say, God, my, my life is in your hands. Paul said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Some of y'all need to die on the altar and say, God, this is my life. I'm tired of running it. I'm tired of it because I can't find contentment in the things that I want. I'm never satisfied. I'm never happy. Oh, God, let me make my life about you. And when you do, you're going to be able to have everything taken from you and say, I'm good. Listen, all hell will break through in your life and you'll stand up and say, I'm good. You know why? Because you'll learn through that. You made it. That thing you thought was going to kill you. You're here. Yeah, I was bleeding, but you're living and you made it. You'd have never known Here's what Paul's saying. You'd have never known that Jesus was enough till he was all you had. Preacher, why am I going through this? You might be in school. How's your progress report? Cast your burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. Preacher, I'm going through it bad. Three questions. How's your prayer life? How's your thought life? How's your real life? Listen. Ain't God good? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for your blessings.